Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Great to have you with us tonight. Uh, we're going to have some music in this particular segment, as you know that I love to combine music with recovery. And joining us in the studio tonight is Nashville-based singer-songwriter Melissa Greener. Uh, I've been wanting to meet Melissa for some time. She's been through a couple of times into the Seattle area. My schedule and her schedule did not link up. However, this time we got her in the studio. She's doing a number of appearances in western Washington. She's on the road probably 10 months out of the year. Is that right, Melissa? More like six to eight. Six to eight, a long time. Yeah. yeah, driving that big van around town. That's right. Yes, indeed. She is a singer-songwriter, and I love her music, and we're going to hear some of her music tonight. We're also going to hear some of her story. She has been in long-term recovery now, uh, going on what, year, year and eight months? Year and eight months. Holy smokes. Yeah. What is it like being a person in recovery on the road with all of the pitfalls that are out there and probably <laughs> more than the average person would encounter? Um, it's been interesting for sure. Lucky for me, I can practice my program. There are people in recovery all Everywhere. over, every yeah. crevice yeah. of yeah. the you, world. Really. And you take advantage of that. I do. Yeah, I do. That's great. Absolutely. Is, is this your first attempt at recovery? It is. This is my first ever year in eight months. No kidding. And I hope to have it will be my last. Well, it's a day at a time. <laughs> but take us back to uh, a year and eight months ago. What brought you to your bottom? What were the significant things involved in starting off on this path? Uh, you know, it's still, all, while the fog has lifted, for the most part, I don't know, it feels a little confusing to me even now, because I was not, you know like a, a low bottom mm -hmm. uh, person, you know, I didn't lose it all and I didn't have to, you know, um, and I never like went to treatment or I never. But you uh, must have had some sort of a, of a spiritual awakening uh, of an awakening of some kind that I, said, you know, I need to stop doing what I've been doing if I want to do what I want to do. I don't know if it was a spiritual awakening at that moment. It was, I guess, a moment of clarity. Yes. I can call it that. I had been on a long tour. It was the autumn, my big fall tour season. It finished up in Montreal, where I lived for a few years, and I have a very good friend there. My best friend lives in Montreal. So I was staying at his house and, you know, buying bottles and bottles of red wine and, um, and drinking them. <laughs> and I would bring the bottles out to have with dinner, and he and his girlfriend they wouldn't drink or they might drink a glass and I would drink the rest. Mm. And, you know, then I would go back to my little downstairs area and drink another bottle of wine. And like, uh, it just got, um, I just started noticing like, Hmm, I'm uh, consuming more. And I also, and other things as well that I was, um, medicating myself with mm -hmm. that I didn't 
notice. I didn't consciously know that it was medicating, but um, as most people in recovering know, um, eventually the tools that you have to use to, to try to feel better stop working. Also, this was not conscious, but I suppose it became clear to me that I was not feeling better trying to use the tools that I had been trying to use. Did you try to cut down? Did you try all of the... I did not try to cut down. I had been, I've been seeing this therapist for um, a year and a half or so at that point and um, trying to figure out why I was so sad all the time and unsatisfied and, you know, feeling like I wasn't, uh, I don't know, just kind of out of myself a little bit. And, uh, and so when that moment of clarity came that, well, these tools and these medicines that I've been using to try to feel better aren't working, I thought, well, oh boy. I guess I have to do the work. I have to mm. go figure out why I'm so miserable. And I knew that I couldn't figure out why I was so miserable if I was medicating myself with these things that were altering my mind and, and, and numbing out what I knew I had to access in order to figure things out for myself. And you find your way into a 12-step community. How, how, did, how did that come about? How did you know where to turn? who to talk to, what to do. <laughs> I, I really didn't at all. And I, I would not, and I did not consider myself an alcoholic when I first quit all of those things because I figured, well, I quit them myself. And, <laughs> you know, I can, I'm controlling and managing this. Well, this is program. This is, yeah, this is my solution. Um, these are my suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> but so really it was um, this wonderful therapist who I began to really dig very deeply with you know, childhood issues and family of origin stuff and kind of, you know, all the stuff that I've been suppressing for my whole life, I really started to get into with her and she recommended a particular 12-step program for me. So I began to go to meetings and, um, and I identified with everything that was said and I still had not gotten into like a substance 12-step right. situation at that point. And I think I, I might have gone even a whole year before I stepped foot into one of those rooms mm, okay and uh but when i did i had you know i'd worked um the 12 steps in this first program and it was did you continue to use i did not mm. no i quit okay. one day um although i was i don't know how much i can say here but i was um operating under like a false uh sober date for a time because mm -hmm. the, there was the day that i quit everything drinking drugging coffee cigarettes i quit all of that on one day wow yeah but then because I, I didn't think i was an alcoholic i didn't think i had a problem with with substances so new year's eve comes along and i drink i share this wonderful bottle of champagne that my boyfriend had and <laughs> was saving for a special occasion and yeah yeah thought, oh, okay i can just do this one night and it wasn't until months later that i realized oh i guess that's my new date <laughs> uh, yeah so it'll be january 1st january 2nd january january 2nd <laughs> i feel like such a cliche i'm so embarrassed like i would really i wish i could just in a way like not really but yeah. you know i think about oh i should just go slip just so i can change the date oh it's so, no <laughs> it's just so oh, pathetic God. yeah <laughs> what was your, what, was the, what was first uh th three months like for you crazy um i wasn't well i mean i had my entire life see this is all also like i feel like my my recovery is just as much this therapy work that i've been doing sure as it is 
the program stuff. So I really like had been operating and I'm 35 years old. So I had been operating like for 34 years, um, like suppressing every feeling that I had. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, it, it became, you know, I learned at such a young age that my feelings didn't matter that, um, and I, I get emotional talking about it. It's okay. Um, I've always been this like hyper emotional person, but I was never taught that, um, my emotions had a reason or that I could identify them and express them in a healthy way. So at three months, I was still like, I was in kind of a, a feeling haze. Like I was just at the same time feeling everything, but not knowing what it was. And yeah, it was a really fuzzy, confusing time. But at the same time, like I also, also in the rooms, like I had all this support and people mm. just giving me love. Mm. That felt good. Melissa Grainer joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast, singer-songwriter out of Nashville. Uh, she tours extensively, and we're going to hear some uh, some of her music. W one of the songs that, that you have done that has touched me in a variety of different ways is a song by Jesse Winchester. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Can you do that for us? Sure. The Jesse Winchester song, that's what makes you strong. And uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, a, a, a very powerful message in that particular song. And 
That's what makes us say Melissa Greener, and that's what makes us strong. Uh, great song by uh, Jesse Winchester. One of my faves. Oh, he's great. I love Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about recovery and, and and your journey in recovery and how it's affected your music, your writing, mm. and your living day to day. What was the order of those Doesn't things? have to be in any <laughs> order. Oh, well... Um... My writing, I haven't written much in the past few months because um, I've been doing business. Uh, I don't have a booking agent or a manager or a record label or anything, so I do all those things myself. So I've been wow. preparing to get on the road. But uh, I did this new record that I have out. It's called Transistor Corazon. And, um, what does that mean? Well, um, Corazon is the Spanish word for heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, transistor is the Spanish word for transistor. <laughs> you know, a little me three-pronged metal device that sort of conducts electricity. Into the, it's um, sort of an electric heart. The concept is um, uh, this woman who is half, half woman, half machine. And uh, sort of the idea is that um, I could never access my feelings. So... Um, so in the therapy work and in the and in the program work too, um, this whole record was pretty much written um, during that time, like in the last couple of years. So, mm. so yeah, a lot of the songs are just exploring um, feelings and exploring, um, you know, my reaction to uh, these intense situations that we all deal with in life, with you know, with people, with our our romantic partners with our families um, mm. yeah just sort of that, that kind of stuff you've been playing the guitar since you were very very young nine nine ten years I old I was nine years old yeah has has music provided an escape for you from these feelings along the way I think the music has made it safe for me to feel mm, okay yeah um, I think that was like the the only thing that I had that I could relate to like i mean at a really young age i was relating to much uh older ideas mm -hmm. <laughs> um of everything in general i never i never liked kids my age you know i always liked hanging out with the older people and um i always wanted to sit at the grown-up table mm. in terms of uh of of the music of of the guitar and mm -hmm. it giving you permission to have these feelings. Yeah. How is it different now in recovery? Well, I haven't really been listening to much music. <laughs> um, the, since I really started getting into uh, myself, which is ironic because the, the part of recovery is identifying how self-absorbed we are. Um, <laughs> but the more that I kind of figure myself out a little bit um yeah i haven't really been listening to much music i've just kind of been processing mm. uh, all this new information and and uh, trying to let 
my feelings come out it's mm. you know on their own instead of vicariously through someone else's music do you have family i do are, are you close to them oh uh, well that's another it's tricky i'm not talking to my parents right now mm. um it's been three months i guess since i've asked them to please respectfully not contact me um yeah i i feel like they um i love them very much of course they are good people um who didn't really know how to give me the tools i needed so, uh, while I'm learning how to get these tools, it's, I feel a little too vulnerable, a little too raw to discuss what I'm doing with them. So you need to take care of you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And how is that process working? It seems to be working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, when I say family... You also have the family in the 12-step community. Oh, absolutely. No yeah. matter where you go, the yeah. feeling that they are there for you. Yes. Yeah. And you have a sponsor. I do. Yeah. And, and that is working well. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, she's she's been really great. We just finished um, the 12 steps in this program where she sponsors me. And um, so when we're both uh, horse people. And we, one of the, we would, you know, uh, talk, you know, talk horse analogies to uh, their recovery. And, uh, and I had been riding a bit in Nashville over the summer uh, since I'd been home doing my work work. So I invited her out to ride just before I left to come out here to Seattle. And we spent the afternoon um, riding horses. And nice. it was just, I felt like it was my gift back to her. Nice. Yeah. You, Melissa Greener joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. You have your, your family of origin. You have your 12-step community. And you also have the music community. I do. Uh, in the music community, what has the reaction been to Melissa Greener being clean and sober? Uh, well, the truth is I've pulled back a little bit from my music community, mm. my music friends, because it is such a different world for me. I mean, that's the world where I want to drink whiskey all night with these slippery, people. Slippery, <laughs> slippery places. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how to do that yet. I, I guess, I mean, I have been to, you know, some festivals and music conferences and such uh, as a sober person. But um, I'm going to bed a little bit earlier. And I'm... <laughs> making sure I'm getting up and going to a meeting in the morning and you know just uh, it's a different kind of a thing and you're staying close to your sponsor yeah yeah and I am discovering that my music community has some really wonderful recovering people they in it. do indeed <laughs> they do indeed and uh, uh, that's uh, that's that's a bonus yeah that's sure a bonus. Sure. as far as writing you said you haven't written in a while what is the process like for you in terms of writing because before you were a singer-songwriter you were as you told me before a poet well when i was a kid yeah i mean i would write poetry i guess i'm talking about like junior high school years mm -hmm. you know and i would that was the thing that i would do i always say that i um, used to go steal books of yates and dylan thomas from the junior high school library and and try to decipher their meanings 
but it wasn't actually the meaning that I was that was enthralling me with it. It was the passion, I think, and the just the the rhythms and the I don't know the mood of it, the tone of it. How does the muse visit Melissa? Hmm. I think I have to consciously invite it. Mm. I don't, it doesn't. I'm not one of those lucky people that it just kind of strikes, you know, lightning strike, yeah, yeah. and I get, you know, I know people like that, and um, I aspire to have that kind of direct connection with the muse. But um, yeah, I need to sit down and make like a a, a space for the muse to come. Mm. And then sometimes it does, and sometimes it don't. You know, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Let's uh, let's hear a song from Melissa Greener, When the Muse Hit. Hmm. So a lot of times what will happen is um, I'll be, you know, piddling around on the guitar and, um, and I'll find a, a guitar part that, a riff or um, a lick that, that will jump out and stick with me. So um, that was definitely the case with, with this song that I'm going to play. It's called Everybody Wants Some. And just that little I must have had that part that guitar part for I don't know maybe a year before I ever found any words for it and uh, and then I kind of started playing around with words and after a bunch of editing and rewriting um, the song emerged itself here it is Thank you. 
Beautiful song from Melissa Greener. It is from the new CD, and you can uh, find out more about Melissa, and you can certainly buy the CD as well at melissagreener.com. In addition to being an accomplished musician, you're you're a world traveler. You spent time in China. You went all across Canada. What were you looking for? Oh, well, I think um, in the beginning, I was just uh, my sponsor. I was telling my sponsor my story when I first met her, and she says, oh, you're an escape artist. So I think some of it was that. It was, you know, a lot of it has been running away. I mean, also, you know, uh, just out for adventure. I came from, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Not exactly, you know, the, <laughs> the world's <laughs> mecca of culture. <laughs> so, yeah, somehow I knew at a very young age that I had to get out of there and go see other places. So I left high school early. I had all my enough credits to leave early, and I left the country and uh, began my journey. Why China? Oh, China happened. Um, I was a ceramic artist for several years. That's what I was. I pursued in college. I was kind of on that track, apprenticing with master mm. studio potters and such. And right after I did my Bachelor of Fine Arts in Ceramics. I uh, was sent by my professor to a small village in China where porcelain was originally discovered occurring naturally in the earth 2,000 years ago. So I went to this particular little village to learn about the clay culture there and to teach um, Western methods and a little bit of English uh, at this institute. That's how I got there. How long were you there? Almost a year. Did you do music there? I did, actually. Um, that was sort of the turning point. I had borrowed one of my students' acoustic guitars, and so I had this guitar in my little apartment. I began writing a lot of songs. Nice. <laughs> and it, that was sort of the year that it occurred to me, like, oh, God, I really... I have to try to do this for real, this music thing, or else I'll just hate myself for the rest of my life. So I basically um, came back to the, the United States. I had an obligation to fulfill as an assistant to this wonderful potter who continues to be one of my closer friends, mm. also recovery people, as it turns out. So I worked with him for a year, and then I sort of fled to try to find a way to start a music career. Mm. And uh, on the road you go. And off I went. Uh, and and, and you, you travel quite extensively um, uh, around the country, and you share your message in song. Tell me a little bit about um, people who knew you before when you were using drinking mm -hmm. and their reaction to the new and improved Melissa Greener. I've, I've never, never really let people get too close to me, mm -hmm. close enough to... I mean, the folks that really knew me, um, my family, my my brother, um, um, uh, just a couple of good friends that are not program people. One of them has since become a program person. I don't even see myself as very different, but my my recovery friends are the people that have said, like, wow, you're really growing. Like, wow, you're really... You're on fire with this stuff. You're really, your life is getting better. Mm. And I, you know, 
lot of times I can't see it for myself. The connection between love and addiction? Um, yes. I'm, uh, love is one of my addictions. <laughs> um, I'm addicted to everything. I mean, come on. This is, there's not a 12 step fellowship that I do not belong in, the, you know. Uh, I'm a quintuple winner, you know, whatever they go. <laughs> Across the board. Yeah, just everything. Um, yeah, I've made, sure, I've made lots of terrible choices in romantic situations. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <We all. laughs> yeah. Melissa Green are joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, I, I certainly invite you to check out the, the new CD, which is called uh, Transistor Corazon. Corazon, yeah. Corazon. And you can find out about that CD and her others as well at melissagreener.com. Here's a, um, a nice little um, haunting love song. <laughs> um, sort of a, a sad, uh, well, I don't know what to call it. It's called Ghost in the Van. Someone said your name across the crowded room Someone from your history Someone who knew you well, well before me I felt the whispers and the blood in my veins Vaporized from sight Smelled the sulfur, I heard the rattling chains all throughout the night. My lover is a ghost in the van, ghost in my bed. My lover is a ghost of a man, ghost. Ghost in the van, ghost in my bed. 
lover is a ghost of a man, ghost in my head. Time zones, orange cones, rising, setting suns and moons, here and gone again too soon. It's so lonely. Late at night, when I pick up the phone, my fingers touch the key. I hear the haunting drone of the dial tone. I hang up and try to sleep, but I can't sleep when my lover is a ghost in the van, ghost in my bed. My lover is a ghost of a man, ghost in my head. My lover is a ghost of a man, ghost in my head. My lover is a ghost in a The incredibly talented singer-songwriter Melissa Greener from Nashville, Tennessee, joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. Go to the website, www.melissagreener.com. You'll find three of her CDs there, and she is in long-term recovery. And the bright side of addiction is recovery, and you certainly you certainly have that in your smile. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. Neil. I'm Neil Scott. The program's Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, we're going to take a short time out back with more right after this.